special edition of our show, Herstory. On the rocks. With Katie. And Allie. Typically, it would be just Allie and I hanging out, having a couple cocktails, talking about famous women in history, but sometimes we like to talk to people who are writing about history. Today, we have a very special guest here with us, Melanie Durant Grossman. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Melanie is a writer and a retired social worker from the great state of Louisiana. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I, I was born in Louisiana in a very special part of Louisiana. It's the French Catholic part. And out of that area came the Cajun culture with all the wonderful Cajun food and um, a very insulated kind of community um, and uh, where everyone is your cousin. Everyone has a huge big meals. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a wonderful place in a way to grow up. So we are about to talk about your book, Crossing Bayou Tesh, and we have made a little cocktail for it. Um, so this is based off of a Sazerac cocktail out of New Orleans. So it has bourbon, a little bit of absinthe, orange bitters, simple syrup, uh, and a dash of turmeric because you did travel in India. Um, and then you top the whole thing off with a little bit of club soda and garnish it with a maraschino cherry. So cheers. cheers. <gasps> Sounds wonderful. Yum. <laughs> Definitely. You know, there's another Louisiana drink called the Hurricane. Yes, mm -hmm. I have had that. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> so we want to start off by setting the scene for your book. Can you tell us where this is set and a little bit about the the home your hometown? Okay. Well, it's set. It, uh, it actually starts out in my hometown when I was just 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, um, it, it's this very small home, um, town and we went, I went to a Catholic school and very kind of sheltered growing up, although in a way the Cajun culture was very wild and crazy and we went to dances and had a lot of fun, but it was very insulated. And so um, that world is is disappearing in a way. And I wrote it because I wanted my children and my grandchildren to know about um, the world I grew up in, which is very different from the world they are growing up in in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a totally different world. <laughs> honestly, they, they kind of can't even believe it. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because, so this book is a memoir, correct? So Yes, it's, it's definitely a memoir. Yeah, <laughs> it's about your life. And one of the things I love about it is that it's also kind of a love story because you said it starts off when you're 17 and that's when you meet your husband, correct? That's right. Mm he -hmm. was, um, it just so happened. Actually, I was at the swimming pool. My best friend and I went to the swimming pool every single night trying to meet a boy from <laughs> out of town because we wanted to get out of this little town and wanted to see the wider world. And I, you probably don't even know this, but in the 50s, a, a girl's um, pathway to leaving town and doing things was to meet a guy. I mean, no one thought I'll go to medical school, I'll do this, I'll do that. No, you just met a guy, hooked your wagon to his star, and you took off. Mm -hmm. 
And that's, in a way, what I did. And when I met him, I just knew he was a star. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I don't know how he felt for me. He was in medical school at Columbia. He was in medical school at Columbia, Columbia College. And he was, you know, much more sophisticated. But, you know, those Southern stars <laughs> at night and swimming pool, the water lapping. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> four years later, we got married. Oh, so was it fun for you to revisit your relationship as you wrote this book? It, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it, it was interesting. I didn't have, let my husband read it. And um, because I just wanted it to be me and he didn't yeah. want any input. When it was all done, he read it and he cried. Oh, it was very sweet. Yeah. Because he said, you captured it. That's it. Mm. Gosh, that's so perfect. And were there things that, you know, your children, did they read the book and they, did they find out things that they didn't know about you too? <laughs> Most definitely. Um, <laughs> things. So I have one grandson in college and, you know, nowadays boys are taught to ask first and, but in the fifties, the, the guys were out to get whatever they could. And the, it was up to the women to, to stop them and put the brakes on. Mm -hmm. and he, he called his grandfather up and he said, Papa, you are very forward. <laughs> so I love that. It was like, that was just the way I've asked other women. They said, oh, that's the way men were. They were yeah. all over you. Yeah. So you spent two years in the Peace Corps in India and then came back to the U.S. in the midst of like a lot of social reform. Was that a culture shock for you when you came home? Yeah, well, it was. You know, uh, a lot of people said, when you're going to India, there's going to be culture shock there. And we just loved India. We went together. We had a wonderful time. We were in New Delhi. Um, but coming back to the United States, it was completely different. It was, um, you know, there were drugs, it was the, the uh, summer of love, and it was just like, well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I tell a little story about being at a dinner party where someone offered at the end of the meal um, Tijuana gold or something like that. And I thought she was talking about coffee. And she was really offering marijuana. Ah. I idea. Because it, it, it was very different. In just two years, the country changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, the 50s <laughs> to the 60s, even like, obviously I didn't live it, but even watching it in movies, I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never heard of anyone doing drugs. Yeah. Drugs. It was a lot of drinking, but I never heard of anything like that. And all of a sudden, it's just everywhere. My friends are, you know, smoking pot. I just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the show Mad Men actually kind of hit the nail on the head. A lot of people think the whole 60s was the summer of love. And it really wasn't, from what I understand, until the late 60s when you're coming back to America. And it really was like, you know, season one of Mad Men is very different from season nine or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, the early part of, this, um, uh, of the 60s was like, leave it to be her. Yeah. <laughs> And there's also another element because you're doing a lot of traveling and faith is kind of a big part of 
the book and you're learning about other religions during this time. Um, what were you learning? What was the impact on your own life learning about these other things? Well, you know, growing up in a small town, uh, um, educated by the nuns, there was a lot of, uh, you know, talk about this is a sin and that is a sin. And all of a sudden there's free love, there's the pill, you know, so that was just um, very shocking. So that's not really religion, but even with religion, Judaism, my husband is Jewish, that was very different, but he was kind of Judaism light. <laughs> you know, he wasn't that religious. And so we got into the swing of things and just uh, just kind of went with the time and said to our kids, well, we, we have, you know, we just want you to be good people. And we heard later that that was not exactly good, <laughs> specific enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you did all these like incredible things in your life and then you come home and you do the other incredible thing, which is settle down and become a wife and mother. And then you take this next stage, which is like going back to grad school and starting a career. How did you decide to make those shifts? Well, you know, um, a lot of women were doing that at, at the time. Mm -hmm. So, I, And I do remember the first day when I first started, I, would, I took the, um, the subway into town and there were all men on the platform. And over the four years, I did it part time more and more women were coming along. And by the end of four years, it was practically, you know, as many women as men going into work, going into school, that type of thing. So really saw it happen. But I guess I decided to do it because my husband was, was having a big career, which was lovely. And I just kind of felt invisible. And I love being a mother, but let me tell you, that's a very tough job. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, I, I, I want more than this. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a thing that, um, yeah, a lot of people can relate to is, you know, life goes on and you can either stay in the same space or, or grow. And I think some people don't know that they can grow and change their life. Um, were there specific people who were really encouraging of you? Like, you know, how did your husband feel about you going back to grad school and, you know, taking this big step? He was very, uh, he was very supportive. Hmm. He, he knew that I wasn't happy being at home. It was difficult. And he knew that he wasn't, he wasn't going to help me. Yeah. So, so, so he was very supportive. And, but I did have a best friend and I had met her in India in the Peace Corps. She was also the wife of a Peace Corps doc. And um, she came back to the United States and she was a raving feminist. And she was such an inspiration. I never went as far as she went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read the book. She did a lot of things. But um, yeah, she was just an inspiration and she was a wonderful mother. And she just, you know, it was hard, but she just did it. And she changed her name back to her maiden name, unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she just did a lot of things. And she's still in my life today. And she, she was a great, she, she's all through the book. Mm -hmm. Did you, while you were doing this, struggle with like the infamous mommy guilt? Like I know 
you know, going to work is one of the things where it's like, that's my job is the kids. And then I get that, you get that feeling in your chest of like, who I'm supposed to be with my babies. Did you have that like transition period? Totally. And honestly, I think it was worse because I even thought that that was, I was going to be a mother and I was going to be blissfully happy and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and there were very few role models at the time. And so I, I, I still feel guilty today, actually, to be honest, I still feel like, well, I should have done this and I should have done that. And yeah, guilt. I learned also that I thought the only guilt in the world was Catholic guilt. <laughs> oh, there's Jewish guilt, yeah. guilt. There's so many kinds of guilt. We're just getting started. Environmental yeah. <laughs> guilt. Oh, I think that's so true. And the thing that's interesting too is like, this is your life you're writing about. And there are a lot of different characters over time that come and go. And did your relationship to the people in your life kind of change as you were writing the book? Uh, yes, of course. My uh, relationship uh, with my family changed mm -hmm. uh, because it was very hard for them to see me just, you know, I just got on a plane and left. Mm -hmm. And to, to understand me, they, they just thought that this guy that I married was from Mars. Mm -hmm. He was a northerner, Jewish. Uh, but they saw that I had made a lot of good decisions. And then the world has changed yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. Were there, are there any main themes that like when somebody sits down to read this, you know, at any stage in their life, what are the main themes that you want them to take away as they sit? Like, what do you want them to relate to? I think I would like people to relate to the fact that, look, that there are many doors that open to us every single day and we hesitate to walk through them. And I just want people to know that they should just take every opportunity, walk through every door and wonderful things are on the other side and things have a way. My other theme is expect a miracle. Yeah. I have so many miracles in my life. And um, if you'd have told me that I would have this life today, I wouldn't have believed it. But, uh, you know, I made it happen. The people around me made it happen. The world changed. Um, so I, I do believe in miracles. Yeah. Well, I also would love to know, um, did you have, you know, there's a, a lot of people research for books that they, we talk to them about on the show because they're about historical figures and whatnot, but this is your own life. I mean, did you have journals that you went back to and then did you have to kind of do a little bit of research about the times and places that you're writing about, um, to get a little bit more context? Um, I did a little bit of research, but honestly, it's a very personal story. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had a, a coach who helped me set time frames. He would give me goals by two weeks. I want you to have the second chapter done or whatever. And he said that think of it as a photo album mm -hmm. and that each chapter is a photograph. And so I just started writing these photographs and 
saying, you know, what was around me? What did I see? Right there, right in the moment, how did I feel? And so I tried to capture that. And by writing, little by little, the themes started to develop. And I saw that it did have, you know, an arc to it and a theme. And it just came out of the story. Were there people in your life that were coming up to you like, please don't write about when I said yeah. <laughs> X, Y, Z? Because <laughs> I think that's people's biggest fear with writers is like, don't put this in your story. <laughs> well, I would say that I really didn't talk about the fact that I was writing this book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, I really talked a lot about, about my own thoughts, my own developments, what I went through. I really don't even have much about my children. I mean, that's their story. That's their private lives. And I don't, I didn't say that much about um, other people, my family. It's their private lives. So it really came out of a lot of my own feelings. And it's, it's very personal. I, I, it's kind of like embarrassing sometimes. because <laughs> It shows how insecure I was or how you know, scared I was often, but it, it wasn't, it really is very much about me. Yeah. And were there like moments in the book, were there pieces that you were writing that were easier or more difficult than other ones? Was there maybe some, like you're saying, photographs that were coming up and you're like, wow, I would really rather not revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> if there were any photographs like that, I just left them out. Yeah. <laughs> But I did put a lot about my mother-in-law. She was a very strong personality. She was a fabulous, fabulous woman, and but very different from me. And so that was part of the struggle to kind of, you know, come into my own and say, all right, I know you're trying to help, but I have to do this my way. And so there was that evolution of just, um, you know, coming, there's a lot of, there were a lot of strong people in my life and just my evolution in becoming myself. Hmm. Yes, my husband says that I found my voice and sometimes he says, you know, (laughs) I think uh, sometimes uh, just, just, could you not say anything? (laughs) I was a very quiet and shy person. Hmm. The other thing I wanted to say is I didn't write it chronologically. It starts on when I met my husband, but then it went back to growing up in Louisiana. I had a horse, sort of a backyard horse, you know, not anything fancy. And what that meant to me, riding through the fields, over the, uh, swimming across the bios in uh, Louisiana, uh, you know, high school, uh, very Catholic, and um, then college, President Kennedy was assassinated while I was in college, and what that was like for, for me and for the people around me. So it's just, it's just very focused on, you know, on personal things that happen. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this was a really rewarding experience and would you suggest to other people to write about their lives even if it's not to publish it but just to like sit down and write it I definitely would I think that it was for me a way of reviewing my life 
and putting it all together, it was healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, women have read my book and said that it was healing to them to see that, that we do evolve. And some people have read my book more than once. And um, I am very, even if no one ever read it, I'd still be very happy. I, there was a lot of forgiveness in it. I forgave, you know, the silly squabbles I had with my mother. I've forgiven, I've even forgiven my mother-in-law. <laughs> she was amazing. She was a wonderful person. So it, it, it healed me. Yeah. Well, I think that's wonderful. And I think it really comes through in the book. And I can't wait for our listeners to go out and read it and buy it and get a sense for what, you know, this Cajun culture and the Bayou Tesh, which I yeah didn't know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> didn't know that was a place. So, <laughs> so we're so it's excited. On Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yay! Okay, perfect. So you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, do you have a website or anything where people can find you? I don't have a webpage. So you can just go on Amazon. Okay. Uh, you can Google me. Certain people have written about it, and mm -hmm. but not a lot, really, not a lot. And I. <laughs> I, I'm not very tech savvy, so I don't have a web page. I wish I had a web page. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone wants to help me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, but also. I would like to have a Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> also, if, um, if you want to buy it from a local bookstore and they don't have it, a great way to do that is just call and request it. Cause some mm -hmm. people don't always like to order from, you know, the big Amazon. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those passionate people, if you call and request it, they will have it sent there. And then yeah. that puts the word out. Mm -hmm. yeah, they get part of it. Yeah. I wasn't on Amazon for over a year, but people kept saying, isn't it? Um, I mean, people, that's the way they, a lot of people, but I didn't like the big, yeah. Amazon either. I like it. <laughs> it's easy for me, but yeah. I want to give people options. Well, thank you for being here this afternoon for mm -hmm. us. We just adored talking to you. And it's so amazing to watch just the evolution of women's history through everyday lives. It's not the big moments sometimes, it's all the little moments strung together. And you illustrated that so nicely. listening to her story on the rocks we are independently produced by 1986 entertainment and proudly recorded in baltimore maryland if there's a woman in history you would like us to cover you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com you can also message us on twitter or instagram we post all of our cocktail recipes on tuesdays so that you can go get all the supplies you need and drink along with us see you next week bye